You're listening to Hidden History, and I'm your host, Ellis Tucci. Hidden History is an audio project of Bulletin Technologies, LLC. To find out how you can fly for a fraction of the cost of commercial, head on over to bulletinflights.com. Thanks to everyone who tuned in last week and listened to our very first episode on the John Birch Society. It was a whole lot of fun to produce, and soon it'll be recorded and posted online for your listening pleasure. This week, we're going to be talking about something completely different, something a little bit more technical. This week, we'll be talking about timber, waveform, pitchless noise, and the history of electronic music. You're listening to Hidden History. This is Episode 2, Music from Mathematics. What you just heard is one of the first examples of completely digitally synthesized voice. Here it was singing A Bicycle Built for Two. And if it sounds familiar, then it should. This eerie track, created by a Bell Laboratory's IBM mainframe in 1962, was sung by the computer HAL 9000 in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Voice modulation and artificial speech have been around since the 1930s, and its inception can be traced back to one man, Homer Dudley, an engineer for Bell Telephone Laboratories, who began work on what would later become known as the vocoder in 1928. The vocoder is basically a machine that takes speech and completely disassembles it into encoded electrical signals that can be transmitted efficiently over long distances. It was initially developed as a secure communications transmission method during World War II, but in the 1970s it began to be applied musically and can be heard in notable tracks such as Electric Light Orchestra's Mr. Blue Sky, where it gives the vocals a cold, robotic quality. 
The creation of the vocoder eventually gave way to Dudley's invention of something that captured the imaginations of millions of Americans at the 1939 World's Fair. It was called Voter, short for Voice Operation Demonstrator, and it allowed highly trained technicians to create limited artificial speech by playing a specially built keyboard. Here's a recording of it in action. The machine uses only two sounds produced electrically. One of these represents the breath. The other, the vibration of the vocal cords. There are no phonograph records or anything of that sort. Only electrical circuits, such as are used in telephone practice. Let's see how you put expression into a sentence. Say she saw me with no expression. She saw me. Now say it in answer to these questions. Who saw you? She saw me. Whom did she see? She saw me. Did she see you or hear you? After that impressive demonstration, the field of vocal synthesis remained mostly stagnant for the next two decades until the 1950s when another Bell Lab scientist, John R. Pierce, who was involved with the creation of the transistor and the launch of Telstar, the world's first telecommunications satellite, received approval from the labs to conduct experiments with computerized music and vocal synthesis. Even though he really just wanted to work on computerized music, he claimed that his work would help his employer, AT&T, with automated phone operation. He was right, and thanks to Pierce's research, your phone can talk back to you and answer your questions with organically synthesized speech. Dr. Pierce's psychoacoustic research was eventually made somewhat public with the creation of the 1962 limited-release album Music for Mathematics, which contains the track A Bicycle Built for Two that I played at the beginning of the episode. Supposedly, Pierce sent a copy to Andrew Lloyd Webber, but never heard back. Now we've talked about the beginnings of electronic music, but how did it get from primitive beeps made by a computer the size of a room to an extremely popular modern music genre? And how exactly does it work? Let's tackle the easier question first. Electronic music is created through the modulation, or manipulation, of sound waves. Now, there are four basic types of waves defined by what's called their waveform, which is how the waves look on a viewing device, such as an oscilloscope. They are as follows. Sine, which sounds like this. Square, which sounds like this. Triangle, which sounds like this. and sawtooth, which sounds like this. The last three waves, square, triangle, and sawtooth, are all derived from that sine wave, and are created through something called additive synthesis, which is the addition of sine waves of different frequencies and amplitudes, referred to as partials, harmonics, and inharmonics, in order to transform the initial sine wave into an entirely new one. So, if we want to create a triangle wave through additive synthesis from an initial sine wave, it'd sound a bit like this.
This concept of additive synthesis is part of Fournier's theory, which we won't be talking about this week, but the sound and harmonic theory it outlines allowed for the creation of an entirely new instrument, the electronic synthesizer. Like the synthesized voice that I talked about in the beginning of the show, artificially synthesized notes have been around since the 1930s, but the field of truly electronically synthesized music was practically created by a single man in 1963. His name was Robert Moog. Moog and his invention, the modular synthesizer, are credited with the creation of the popular electronic music genre. Now, the work that Robert Moog, who I actually named my bonsai tree after, did is so interesting and important that he could be the subject of his own whole episode. I'm just going to focus on the one thing that he and his company produced that had the greatest impact on popular music, the Moog Modular Synthesizer. It was a massive piece of equipment, larger than a wardrobe, and it was such a complex machine that it said that almost no artist that performed with one knew how to use every single module. Yet the synth proved massively popular. Its otherworldly sound reached millions with Simon and Garfunkel's album Bookends, and the Beatles' Abbey Road. Yet one of the most significant albums featuring a Moog modular is a now little-known album of classical music released in 1968 by Wendy Carlos, called Switched on Bach. It remains today one of the most popular albums of classical music ever produced. The synthesizers, and to an arguably lesser extent, Wendy Carlos's ability to reproduce the famous works of J.S. Bach, composed for a medley of multiple instruments using only a Moog modular, shocked listeners around the world, and proved with a single album that electronic music was here to stay. So, to end this week's episode, a record from my own collection, impossible to hear online or anywhere else, Wendy Carlos's Switched on Bach. This is Ellis Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.